0: Today, hopefully you've been with us through these past few weeks as we've been talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is so central to who we are as Christians. It's the core of what it means to follow Christ, is to live in forgiveness. And so today, to to cap it off, uh, Lloyd Wilhelms, who's a part of our advisory team, preaching team, he's going to come and share a message um, that I think is just going to be really powerful. And it's around this idea of living with scars. We all have scars, and scars are powerful things, which Lloyd is going to get at. But as he comes up, I just want to pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, this gathering today. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine that reminds us that your mercy is new every morning. God, that you you have forgiveness and grace ready for us every morning. It doesn't matter how bad the storm was last night. Man, your, your, uh, your mercy and grace and forgiveness comes in like a flood. And so I just pray for this message uh, as Lloyd shares uh, from John 20. Uh, Lord, as we talk about scars, Lord, I know that you want to do some work today in our hearts. And so just meet us in Jesus name. Amen. All right. We welcome Lloyd this morning.
1: one thing you forgot was tomorrow is Valentine's, right? So let's not forget, guys, uh, that, uh, that tomorrow is Valentine's, so uh, lots of chocolate, lots of flowers, lots of those things. Um, and, uh, and by the way, the other thing that I was told was, if I'm walking around, there's a big hole right here. So you know what, if all of a sudden di- I disappear, you know where I went. Hey, good morning church, it's, uh, it's great to be here and I am going to be giving you a message about forgiveness. And I must say that uh, as I got to, uh, Tyler had asked me about this and as I got a chance to study it, I think I actually turned out that I'm the reciprocal or, or the, the beneficiary of, of forgiveness and this message because it was absolutely great to study this thing about uh, what the Bible and people say about forgiveness so I'll be wrapping up a series uh, we'll call forgiveness and freedom and the message that I want to leave with you today is forgiveness is not forgetting so for the past four weeks here at CTK uh, we've been doing this series looking back let's just go back for a bit Tyler kicked it off week one uh, talking about God's way to pardon us how we can hurt others and how we really need forgiveness Uh, Week two, Brian talked about forgiveness and loving our energy, or enemies, I'm sorry. In three, Tyler talked about forgiveness and the Lord's Prayer, how we can easily overlook forgiveness, you know, which is something we just can't do. And then uh, last week, Tyler talked about forgiveness and not judging others. He spoke about other groups, maybe quite dissimilar from our beliefs, but our need to forgive and accept. Is who they are. Forgiveness is central to us as Christ followers. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice to end the cycle of revenge and leave justice in the hands of God. Jesus only calls us to give what we have received: unbounded forgiveness. So the reading for today is from John 20. Would you please stand with me for the reading uh, of this, uh, of, of John? So one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wounds in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed, Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We've all heard the term doubting Thomas, and now we know where it comes from. Thomas, one of the Jesus' disciples, has heard from his apostle friends, that Jesus has risen and returned. His response, this didn't happen, and until I see and touch his wounds, the scars in his hand where Jesus was nailed to the cross, I don't believe you. It's days later, and Thomas joins uh, the rest of the apostles, and Jesus suddenly appears. Jesus comes to Thomas and asks him to touch his hands and the wound on his side, As Thomas puts his hands on Jesus, I believe he is flooded with emotions. Here's Thomas, who had followed Jesus as one of his 12 disciples throughout his ministry. For three years, he had been with Jesus. Thomas saw many of the miracles that Jesus performed. He saw Jesus give sight to the blind. He helped the lame and the crippled walk, heal the woman, who touched his robe. Thomas was one of the disciples that Jesus sent out to teach and heal others, and they came back. Thomas believed Jesus was the Messiah. Thomas had heard Jesus speak about his forthcoming death, but when Jesus was apprehended in the garden by the Roman soldiers before his crucifixion, Thomas had ran away like the rest of the apostles. Thomas had abandoned Jesus. We don't know where Thomas went to. The shame and guilt of leaving Jesus when he needed someone was painful. And even after his friends told him that Jesus had risen, Thomas didn't believe. So when Jesus appears, he sees the guilt and disbelief in Thomas. Like Jesus does, he takes away our pain and gives us grace. Thomas is right when he exclaims, my Lord and my God. Today's reading was about Thomas touching the scars on Jesus' hands and his body. My message is about forgiveness and the scars, the wounds we carry from past hurt. While we can see the physical scars from a wound, be it from an accident or surgery. Today, this is about the deep emotional scars and wounds that we carry around with us that people don't see. Wounds from past relationships that has caused this enormous pain, be it from physical or emotional abuse, sexual abuse, divorce, and and from a failed business partnership and more. And as I bring up the subject of forgiveness, It may bring up the pain, the anxiety, the hurt and disappointment from our own past. It's a scar not yet healed. As Christians, we are called to forgive. As we so often recite the Lord's Prayer in church, what Jesus announces in Matthew 6, we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The assumption here is that Jesus forgives our debts. We do the same to others. This leads to the question of how do we forgive those who trespass against us? Trespass meaning to do wrong or sin against us. What are we to do? What's the process or steps to forgive those people? So as faith believers, how do we forgive well? First off, what is the context behind Jesus talking about forgiveness in Matthew 6? Jesus is talking to a bunch of poor peasants on a hillside, which we know as Sermon on the Mount. The Jews are living under the force of Rome. Jesus reminds them they have heard, love your neighbor, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But he says to them, love your neighbor and pray for those who persecute you. Now this is somewhat shocking to the presence. Remember, it was Moses who said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Mahatma Gandhi, who championed peaceful independence for India from British rule that said, eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Jesus goes on to explain how God loves and cares for us, forgives us for what we do, and we need to do the same. Jesus is giving us this daily prayer. We are to forgive others as Jesus forgives us. So why is forgiveness mentioned in the Lord's Prayer? It is because forgiveness is the central of the gospel story. It is the reason why Jesus came into the world to stop the sin and pain and death that came, into, that came into the world back in Genesis chapter three. We are reminded often, if not daily, of the forgiveness we receive from Jesus. He's expecting us to do the same. But here's what I found challenging. The Lord's Prayer that I previously read, the one we recite at church, continues for another verse. When we go back to the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus speaks of how we should pray to the Father, it reads, and let me just move forward, give us today the, the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who are against us and don't lead us to yield to temptation but rescue us from evil. He adds, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Wow. My first thought was how this seems to alter my thinking of Jesus's grace and forgiveness. Here Jesus was saying, if you refuse to forgive, Jesus will not forgive my sins. There's a story that I want to share that speaks to the pain and power of forgiveness and to this reading. It comes from a book entitled Tramp for the Lord, written by Corey Ten Bloom. Corey was a Dutch Christian whose family helped hide Jews during the Holocaust. Corey and her family were eventually caught by the Nazis and sent to a concentration camp in Ravensbrück. Corey and her sister Betsy suffered starvation and abuse and cruelty under the cruel treatment of the guards. Many of us have heard stories of the millions of Jews that were killed during the Holocaust. Corey's father died, as did her sister, Betsy. And following the war, Corey began doing charitable work to help rebuild, start the healing of the Dutch and German families. Corey said that those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives. Those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. As she was speaking one night, a big, heavy-set man uh, started coming up to her after she spoke. She recognized him as one of the cruel guards. The man said he was a guard at Ravensbook but didn't recognize Corey. He said he he had become a Christian and God had forgiven him. Now the guard was asking Corey for her forgiveness. He stuck out his hand. Corey said she knew she had to forgive, but it was God who moved to extend her hand. She then describes the warmth that flooded her body as she held the guard's hand. As I was reading this story, it made me stopped to ask, what would I have done in that situation? If I had lost my father, my sister, tortured remembering the pain of seeing them die at the hands of this cruel man, could I have forgiven him? what would you have done in her position? There are times in our lives when the pain is so unbearable, forgiveness is just so far away. It should be obvious from an honest reading of the gospel that Jesus expected his disciples to master the lessons he taught and actually give or live a life centered on love and forgiveness. And Jesus expects his modern-day followers to do the same. To become disciples of love who master the art of forgiveness, Jesus was under no illusion that this is an easy life. In his sermon, he called it a narrow and difficult road, but he also called it the road that leads to life. We recognize all the blessings, the grace and mercy that Jesus has extended to us. We understand that we have to forgive others. Now at some point, or at this point, some of you are probably thinking, Lloyd, this sounds all well in theory, but how does this practically play out? I know God has done things for me. God has rescued me, has redeemed me. God has forgiven me, but it is so hard for me to think about even forgiving the person who did that to me. I get that. I understand where you're coming from. First off, and to move forward, we have to acknowledge that what God has done for us. Praying to God for his help to carry you during this time of agony is the first step. We must put the love and faith in God ahead, ahead of the hate, the revenge, punishment, payback, and getting even. It's God who will walk alongside, maybe carry us forward through the pain, but we can't idolize the hate and revenge. If we think that we want forgiveness, our first thought is to look at God, not at that that hate and revenge that is so deep in our hearts. Recognize that that we may have shed many tears, cried ourselves to sleep, but we must acknowledge our Heavenly Father that he is good and faithful. Once there, then we need to begin to understand what is and what is not forgiveness. Dr. Robert Enright considered one of the foremost authorities on forgiveness research and has written several books. Dr. Enright has said that in 100% of the cases where he's working with people who are struggling to forgive someone, that in all the cases, Dr. Enright said, they struggle because they don't understand what is forgiveness. They fail to understand what is the nature of forgiveness. So what I'd like to share with you now is to highlight, what is forgiveness, what is not forgiveness? It is meant to guide us forward to forgiving those who have hurt us. First off, what is not forgiveness? Forgiveness is not condoning what happened. It's not saying it didn't matter, nor sweeping it under the rug. It's acknowledging its significance to you, its impact that forgiveness is needed for you to move forward but it is not condoning what happened. The second is forgiveness is not forgetting. The Bible says we are to forgive. It doesn't say we're to forget. What we mean is that you may need to put boundaries in place once you've forgiven someone, especially in cases where the person who has harmed you does not acknowledge they've hurt you, nor taking any steps in correcting. Think of a business partner who has hurt you and is doing nothing to change the situation. No remorse whatsoever. In the case of abuse, and that guy is beating, we can forgive, but it doesn't mean that we can go back to the relationship. Very well, we need to have boundaries in place, and which likely means the relationship will never go back to what it once was. Which leads me to the next point forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is a goal. It's a bonus. It's what you'd like to see happen, but reconciliation is a two-way street. Forgiveness is one way. You can forgive someone without them ever taking responsibility, ever acknowledging, ever reconciling. You can still forgive them. And finally, forgiveness is not absolving someone of the consequences coming to them whether it be legally or some other form it happens when someone experiences the consequence they come face to face to the reality of what they have done it gives them the capacity to live differently as a result of the consequence so these are some of the the things of what forgiveness is not Forgiveness is not condoning what happened. We need to forgive, but forgetting is not required. We've heard before, forgive and forget, but that's not what Jesus asked us to do. Forgiveness is not reconciling, nor absolving someone, nor expecting that things will return to the past. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness begins when you forfeit your right to get even with someone. You may feel you've been wronged, you've been hurt, you want revenge, you want to get even. Forgiveness is giving up your right and turning it over to God. If there's nothing you can do that can rectify that situation that is responsible, is good, or can help, then you need to turn it over to God. You need to trust him, saying, you've done what you can, and now it's upon him. Leave it with God to handle the situation in due time. It is now in God's hand to serve justice. Forgiveness is setting the other person free. And what I mean by that is that whenever we've been wronged, typically the situation we've been involved in has moved from, being, from us being in control to a situation where we've been left out of control. When that happens, we try to regain control and we hold back on forgiveness. We say to this person, no way. You've wronged me, you have hurt me, and you don't deserve my forgiveness. Digging in your heels, you're sitting there white-knuckled, holding off, making sure you don't extend any forgiveness or grace by doing them a disservice, right? But let's be honest here. Who's more affected by the lack of forgiveness? You or them? It's you. By setting them free, you release them from having power over you. You think that holding on to your unforgiveness, you think you're controlling the situation even though they're still controlling you. By letting them go, you find it in the process, it allows you to let go and be free. You begin to experience the freedom that you've been longing for, just like Corey Tin Bloom gave to the cruel, cruel guard. Uh, Anne Lamott, uh, an author, has a great quote that says, "Forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die." <laughs> we need to let go and let God. Forgiveness is a process. It could happen in a moment. It may not happen for some time. We don't know how long it may take. We may have to forgive five times, maybe 10. Most important is that we forgive and begin the journey toward trusting God. And finally, forgiveness is painful. It can be very, very difficult, but it can also be very incredibly powerful. There is pain and power that goes together when it comes to a place of forgiveness. Jesus has modeled to us the importance and need for forgiveness. As we wrap up today, we talked about what is and is not forgiveness. If for anyone here online or listening that carry pain, the unresolved that hurt that hangs over us, It's our prayer that you would truly begin to forgive. If you need help or unsure, I would recommend, I would strongly recommend that you speak to someone. Sharing your pain can be the first step in the journey to forgiveness freedom. Reach out to Tyler. Monique and I are both crisis trained and available anytime to meet. Or get together with a trusted friend from my own experience, who carried a long time hurt, it wasn't until I shared that pain with a friend that I was finally able to move on. So let me ask, let me end by asking for all of us to stand and to say the prayer that Jesus gave us. Would you please stand with me? the power and the glory forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Lloyd. You guys can be seated. Um, So yeah, we're going to wrap up this series today, and I would just say, this isn't a series that uh, we want you to sit on. We don't want you to sit on this. It's not just good information. Like, we really want you to seek transformation of the heart, and, and that's only something that that God can do when you're willing to receive it, when you're willing to take a step. And this whole year, we we, we want to teach, but we don't want to just teach. Like, we, we want you to take a step further in obedience with Christ, because we believe that 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 good things are on the other side. Good things are on the other side of forgiveness when you choose to forgive. But we wanted to start this series, that this this year with this series, because forgiveness is so core to what it means to be a Christ follower. It's where it starts, you experiencing forgiveness, and then being able to extend that forgiveness to someone else. So wherever you're at, I want to echo what Lloyd said. We want to to walk with you. Um, we know that this is a process. This is an uh, this is a journey. Uh, and, and we want to partner with what God's doing on your heart um, as you go in this journey, because it's a big thing. And I know for a lot of people, it's, it's opened some windows and, and doors that, um, that, that need attention. And so, yeah, like Lloyd said, I'll pray with you today. Um, I will, uh, Bonnie and I are available to meet, like, we just, we want to walk with you, and, and, and Lloyd and Monique uh, would love to walk with you um, through this, so feel free to grab us today, feel free to um, reach out to us during the week, um, but yeah, don't, what, I, my encouragement is don't sit on forgiveness, you know, don't sit on this series, it's not just great information, it's a call to all of us, and it's a high call, so let me pray, and then uh, the worship team's going to close us uh, this morning. Lord, we, we desire to be changed, God. Lord, I, I just pray, uh, God, that you would help us, Lord, um, to take a step, whatever that step is, whether it's confiding in someone, uh, whether it's sharing the struggle, sharing that pain, whether it's talking to someone or in, uh, through this, God, whether that be a friend, a spouse— a child, whatever it is, whatever we, a parent, what it, whoever it is that is sort of the central figure in this for us—the image, the the relationship that we had in our minds as we've gone through this series—I pray for some transformation to happen through that. And Lord, above all, I just pray that forgiveness isn't forgiveness isn't a stern act to follow, but it, it flows out of an experience of being forgiven. And so, Lord, I pray that if we are questioning that or if we've fallen into a rut where we feel like we just have to perform and perform and perform and we're living a graceless life, fill us with your grace. God, remind us of your forgiveness, that it runs deep, that it can't be... That can't be stopped, Lord, that it is there and available for us, that we are completely covered. And if we've walked away from that and we've gotten into a religious spirit of just trying to perform, I pray that you would break that. God, fill us with your grace. Help us know that what makes us worthy is the forgiveness that you've given us, God, in your love. And so I pray that whatever that wrestling is that we're having right now or we've had over the last few weeks, Lord, may we experience your forgiveness and grace at a a deeper level. And God, by your power, not our power. God, by your power, not our power, may we be able to walk in forgiveness. And Lord, we ask for this in Jesus' name.